0: Yo, 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 good morning, Nashville. Good morning, Nashville. Peace to the city, peace to the planet. We are the Black Man Vent 2 Podcast. Good morning, Nashville. We want to thank you guys, as always, for tuning in and listening to your favorite podcast. Nashville, have you heard a black man vent today? My name is Jonathan Davis. I go by
1: Junebug. Nashville, my name is Leon Davis Jr. And I go by l Dog. And we're just uh, thankful to be here once again to try to present something to our community to help make our black men a little bit better. And we just thank you for your continued support and your continued uh listenership and followership on our social media pages, man. And we just thankful, man, just to have another opportunity to just talk with you again. Yeah. Yeah. Nashville, man. Thank you guys again, just for your
0: support. We're, we're rolling through these seasons, man, rolling yeah. through. We've done uh man 6 seasons mm-hmm. up to this to this season so uh for those of you guys just now listening and checking us out Go back and check out, man, those grief seasons, the depression season. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personal favorite, the marriage and relationship mm-hmm. and relationship mm-hmm. and marriage <laughs> seasons. Um, go back and check some of those episodes out if you just now tuning in to us today. But if you are tuning in for the first time, we want to thank you. This is the Body Mass Index of Abuse in a Black Man with our special guest that we will release his name after our sponsorship segment break. But again, Nashville, we want to thank you guys for being here. Abuse, Nashville. Abuse, abuse is what we've been talking about. Talking about all of January, and Pops, I think you can say this, man, that we've enjoyed the guests we've had thus far.
1: Yeah, I think the abuse season has really brought out some things that has helped me, and I hopefully it has, it has helped our listeners, man. Mm-hmm. And also when we got a chance to do the uh, collabo session with uh, Langley Shazer mm-hmm. and uh, Shy Henderson, man, mm-hmm. we did a collabo session with a uh, uh, relationship stuff one on one and uh casual and the casual word, word with Langley uh, Shazer. And uh, if you get a chance, Nashville, check that uh, check that session out, man. It was a real good talk. Real good conversation just from some brothers that's trying to help our community.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, man, that was a uh, Shy Henderson Relationships 101 mm-hmm. podcast and then Langley Shazer, mm-hmm. the Casual Word podcast. And uh, check on our Facebook page. Um, if I haven't already, I'll make sure to go ahead and post the B- on the BMVT page that episode because we did a trio mm-hmm. podcast, if you will, with two other black men and we talked about abuse. On mm-hmm. uh, Nashville, uh, we talked about abuse, solutions, problems, and just how we as black men can get through those trying times. So, mm-hmm. Nashville, check that out. Look on our Facebook page and uh, make sure you guys are tuning into that. But again, Nashville, we're here. This is the last episode, Nashville. Man, the year is going by fast already. Yeah, this is yeah. the last episode of abuse in our abuse season, again, being the body mass index of abuse. In a black man, and our next season, Nashville, is going to be just as better. We're coming into Black History Month, so you know we got to show out being black men for Black History Month, so tune in, Nashville, man, tune in next February, next month, we are going to get into some good content and get into a great season, so tune in for that season next Monday, but again, Nashville... This has been our intro for our episode today. Last episode being, again, the Body Mass Index of Abuse and a Black Man with our special guest. Stay tuned after this sponsorship segment break. We will bring you the content for today. Nashville, have you heard a black man vent today? And just like that, Nashville. Just like that, we are back. We're back. Good morning to you guys. And this being Monday morning, the Black Man Vent Podcast. We are here. We're excited. We have a special guest with us, Nashville. Have you heard a Black Man Vent today? Very excited, man. Uh, personally, to have my good friend on um, on today, man. I've been knowing this guy got to be for shoot, 10, 15, 40 years. It seems like it's been a long time that me and known each other and um, have interacted through the school systems. And, um, I've watched Nick grow. He's watched me grow. Uh, we, we've always stayed in touch, man. And I think I appreciate that uh, just from him, man, just kind of chiming in with each other as we get through life, man, and get through our own experiences. But, um, Nicholas Calvin Nashville is joining us today. And um, again, we want to embrace him and we want to thank him for coming, and um, again, for those that may not know him, he is a great, great, great young man that is in Nashville, he's in the streets, he's in the marches, he's doing the the walks, he's doing all of the different things that that makes himself known, but also shines the light on the the community and the culture that we're in each and every day, so without further ado, Nashville again, we're bringing on to today's episode, this is the Body Mass Index of Abuse, and a black man with our special guest, my guy, my friend, Nicholas Calvin. Big Dog, how you doing this morning?
2: Yes, yes. I'm doing all right. How are you doing this morning, my friend?
0: Man, I'm good. I'm good, man. Again, just want to thank you for coming on. And um, man, again, we 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 are uh, unicorns, man. We Nashville natives, and it ain't too many. <laughs> yes, yes. So uh just
2: give Nashville not many. Um uh,
0: just give Nashville man some flavor, man. Let them know who you are. What you do, man? Yeah. Programs, organizations, church yeah. involvement, service involvement. Man, go ahead and let
2: National. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you again, Jonathan, for inviting me on. Like, I, like I told you before, we started recording. This is a privilege and an honor to even be uh, thought of. Um, as much as I, as much as I do, anytime I'm asked to do anything or any, asked be on any, um, any, any um, platform, it always takes me back because I'm like. I'm I'm too that's not for me that's but but you know to whom much is given, much required so thank you again for thinking enough of me to invite me on and also to your father um for um for having um the interest in you to even invite me or trusting people to bring on. so thank you very much Mr. Davis as well um again yeah I know Jonathan for over 10 years now we started in middle school together and from there we went to high school together and graduated and um even there um We've kept the connection, and one thing I have realized over my, over just in 25 years of being alive, when uh, when people are genuine, it's hard to disconnect from them. It's just like just life, sometimes, some way, somehow, always brings you back in connection with them. So, um, as Jonathan did say earlier, we just kept that um kept that bond. I do thank him for that. So I do consider him like a brother to me. And so yeah, so thank you again for being going. So yes, so um I've been in Nashville all of my life. I am a unicorn. Started out at Jones Day and Magnet, went from there to um Graymore for a year. That's why I met Johnson at Graymore for a year. And then from Graymore, I went to East and did East from sixth to twelfth grade and stayed there. Um, East, US um, Johnson. I was SGA president, FCA president, this president, that president. Uh, my mom was next I was in the road being next email, okay Yeah, whatever. But no. I loved um, I truly, I truly loved East. East was um, one thing Jonathan did not say, East, just like me and Jonathan's relationship, East is like a family. Um, right. All 120 of us that graduated, none of them are dead, and, and most of them are doing great in their life. And we, we all still keep in contact. That's one thing that is unique about our class in particular. But also, um, yeah, so more things about me. Um, from East, I went to Howard University. I did two years at Howard, and I came back home. And now I started my own nonprofit here in Nashville. I have a nonprofit that's called The Mahogany Honors. It's a nonprofit for HIV and AIDS awareness here in Nashville. But also, we're taking it a step further. We're trying to do um, housing, um, and we're t- housing and traditional housing for LGBTQ communities. Um, one thing, one of the communities that are really not spoken about a lot of times are LGBTQ communities. Not even that. The LGBTQ communities inside of the black um the black community, right. that right there is something. I mean, if black if black men won't bend, uh, those though, though that other population definitely won't. Yeah, so, uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um so so again, and I just thought about kudos to you all for doing this right here because um little do you know y'all are opening up the doors for for countless other individuals who are coming behind you all and uh, behind you. And one thing that people don't realize. Is that um foot in the door approach? You got to stick your foot in the door to get to some people, and you all are definitely putting your foot in the door. Yeah. So thank you for that. So um, retracting back a little bit, yes, um, I have my own nonprofit called the Mahogany Honors. We have a board of ten people, and our focus again is um the African American HIV and AIDS um, population in Nashville, as well as the LGBTQ community. And we have events throughout the year. And we have a, we have a bachelor show actually next Saturday. So if you're watching this please support. We have a fashion show next Saturday on February 5th at 7 p.m. It is our second fashion show. It's going to be at the Belshire Center in North Nashville. Um, you can get your tickets today um, on Eventbrite. Just when you go to Eventbrite, search Mahogany Honors Fashion Show. Just search Mahogany right. Honors Fashion Show. Sorry about that plug, y'all. That's, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. great.
1: You're that's good. good. But, You're great.
2: But yeah, but yeah, speaking more about Nashville, um, I'm definitely a son of Nashville. Um, I grew up um, in the North Nashville area. My mom went to TSU. Um, Um, I'm deeply involved with my church, Cathedral of Praise, Church of God in Christ, shout out to my pastor, Bishop Maynard. Um, I've been there most of my life. Um, Very involved. I was on the Mayor's Youth Council um, in high school, so I was very involved with that. And um, nothing to brag, but it's just that God has always kept me invested in leadership. I've always known in my life that I've had a mark for me. Yeah. So um so I so I was in the Mayor's Youth Council and from there that pivoted that pivoted me to um interning with Congressman Jim Cooper's office. And also um if you know me, if you if you do know me in Nashville, once um if you mm-hmm. I apologize, I, I may have broke up. If Come you on. do if you do know that if you if you do know know me in Nashville from doing stuff, you probably know me from working with the Gilmores, Brenda or Erica Gilmore. Mm. Those are like my that's like um that's like my God family and um I started interning for Erica in high school, and that's kind of what pivoted me into getting into. Um, like Jonathan said, I'm always doing some of the, That kind of what got me into doing community work. I was working with Miss um, Erica Gilmore, and then I worked with her mom in the state house, and then going to Howard. They, and then going to Howard that really just took it off because when I went to Howard, that was during the time of the Black Johnson. that was during the time of the Black Lives Matter and the whole yes. 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 Um, yes. Post, post Trayvon Martin starting off. So that was like a really big time yeah. in our. Um, in our in our in our um in our country and we talk about really big time we're going to pandemic right now but we've been want this stuff for a minute now. Yeah. But um All right. <laughs> so true, right. so true, so true. Yeah, so true. yeah you yes yes mm-hmm. so um so yes sir. So I um so yeah more, I've really been involved, really been invested. Um and just really had a longing to help people out. A lot of times, I remember when I was younger, a lot of people would say, well, what makes you happy? What brings happiness to you? What brings joy to you? Yeah. And my response would always be, well, seeing other people happy, seeing other people smile. And I used to get mad because I would say, well, Nicholas, that's not that's not for you. That doesn't make, that's not really happiness that you, that you see yourself. But as I've grown older, um, I've learned that that is the happiness. That is the joy that I find from serving others, from doing good things and things of that nature. So that's kind of what I've stayed into so getting more into the internal the core of me um so um in high school in and um in october 2013 our senior year of high school i was diagnosed with HIV um yeah i was um not yeah, I was out doing stuff. We don't, you know, y'all know how it goes. I was out yeah, doing yeah, stuff yeah, and yeah, um, yeah. not 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 taking and not taking care of myself. And um, unfortunately, I was diagnosed with HIV at the beginning yeah. of my senior senior year of high school. But right. thank God for um for being raised in a good household. Thank God for a yeah. mom that loved me. Um sure. and um, Mr. Davis, you probably uh, Mr. Leon Leo Davis, you probably know from just having a a, child, a son like Jonathan. Um, you know some like some children like once you invest in some of them, you can know that God's gonna take it and God's gonna develop it even when you can't. Well, so, um, so um so um and my and my and my mom, I definitely feel like she put the she invested the tools in me. She invested the um the ingenuity and all that in me so that when I did hit that point in my life, because she didn't know it, I didn't know, it, but God definitely knew that it was gonna happen. Yeah. So when I hit that point in my when I hit that point in my life in my senior year of October of twenty thirteen, at the age of at the age of seventeen, yeah. um, I kept it pushing, I kept it pushing. Um it was a it was a big secret. Um only like two well, two people knew it. At the school, my goddess self as well as Miss Lyons. Mm-hmm love for them all um, two people at the school knew and it was just very um scary and all that but um but thanks be to God I made it through um, started taking started taking medicine that January of 2014 five months before graduation started taking medicine five pills a day y'all five pills a day wow um and I went through went through with it um, from there I graduated we graduated 2014 yeah. May 2014 and I went on to Howard in August, August of 2014 and um and that's when um I started really just pivoting off, and I was doing good. My first few years at Howard, I did great, but um, I kind of got a little bit off-focus, and from off-focus, not really focusing on my health portion. So I came back home. It was a decision that I had to make. Some decisions are hard, and I came back home. Yeah. Um And I also realized in that moment that I need to start working on me a little bit more. Yeah. And so throughout throughout my experience of coming back home from Howard and stuff like that, and um, and having to just sit down with myself, sit down as a black man, sit down with Nicholas and internalize everything that's happened. I found a lot of the decisions I was making, a lot of things that I got myself into was simply because um, of abuse, yeah. of, of trauma, of things yeah. that i not healed from, of things that I may have went to church and prayed for, of things that I may have given to God, quote, unquote, or things I may have just let go, but things yeah. that were still sitting deep down and decisions, yeah. I make, and decisions that I was making, people that I was dealing with, um, Trips that I was taking, things that I were doing, were only to run. It were only to run away and only to discard the trauma and abuse I was dealing with. Wow, wow,
1: wow. man, man, um yeah. You know, yeah. I'm just sitting here thinking. One of the things that you just said, and we've heard this on the first three podcasts, man, is you. If you never face the issue, the issue never goes away. You have to face it, man. Like you said, you was taking trips, man, and. You were doing different things, trying to run away from it. But no matter where you go, it's always going to be there. You know, you get this thing where people say, I'm leaving Nashville because I'm going to Atlanta, man. But they don't realize they're trying to run away from trouble. When they get to Atlanta, that same trouble going to follow them. You know what I'm saying? You have to face the issues. Then once you face the issues and deal with them, that makes the situation a whole lot better. It's almost like if you never kill the monster, the monster continues to live. So you have to kill the monster, man. And then, man, yes, I, sir. Nick, man, I, I just,
0: man, I, I, I love you, dude. I, I applaud you, man, because we're talking about a sexually transmitted disease, correct? Mm-hmm. That yeah, not yeah, yeah. everybody can handle. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody, particularly not everybody, black men. Mm-hmm. Every black man is not going to be able to handle that type of True. info, man, and that type of True. diagnosis, man. So, man, I, to everybody that's listening to this, man, it's it's just amazing yes. that we have somebody I on our show. That, uh, that literally is living and, and, and thriving. Not thriving. just living, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, but thriving yeah. Nashville. He's thriving. He's went as far as Howard University. It had that experience. Uh, spread his wings there. He came back home. Mm-hmm. Made sure that he uh, uh, got himself back together in Nashville. As you guys know, man, that's what this platform is about. Yes. Is, is making sure that self is okay first. You mm-hmm. can never pour from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, Nick man, again, man, just thank you, thank you, thank you, man, for mm-hmm. being on, man, just sharing your testimony, man. We're gonna dive right into man, the content for today, man. Nashville, again, have you heard a black man vent today, Nick man? I wanted to ask you when you received your diagnosis, what immediately were the abuses that 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 was self inflicted? What, what were the thoughts you were having? What were the things that were going through your head, the concerns, what, what type of abuse, man, was kind of led into that, that initial diagnosis, man, from your own self?
2: Oh, I would say definitely the abuse of shame, mental shame, that I, I definitely myself got mental shame, shaming myself, um, and abuse of fear, just prolonged fear for myself. I hope I'm answering correctly, but, yeah, um, I'm just I'm just giving from my heart. Yeah, I, and I say the abuse of shame because I shamed myself, even before anybody ever knew. Yeah. Um, you're um, you're nasty. You're, you're unworthy. You're sickly. You um, you've done so much wrong. You've done so much. Like this is this is what you've done to yourself. Shame, 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 shame. And from there, when I shame myself, I even started cultivating shame for the people in my mind, people who don't even, people who had no idea about what was going on, people who didn't even know me from from Adam and Eve on the street. Just creating, creating their their predict their their comments in my mind and stuff like that. So just harping on shame and stuff like that. That's that whole Mr. L- Mr. Leon talking about that whole monster inside, where the monster can be you, coming your mind, and then the whole thing of um abuse of fear in my mind. Yeah. And again, these are, the shame and the fear. These are also abuses that I've dealt with before. I was even diagnosed. You know. But these are but these are but these are the abuse that I'm now up for myself because they've been growing inside of me since since I've been growing up. And so the next thing was fear because it's like okay. I'm only in my, I'm at the beginning of my senior year of high school, I didn't even make be 18 yet. Yeah. So not only fear, fear of anxiety, but fear of not graduating, yeah. fear of not going to my prom, fear of my mom, my mom getting that fear of not going, fear of not even, not even making it past 25. Like, yeah. let's talk about it. Like the fears, fears, so many different fears and that just sitting on you, just sitting on you. So the two um, abuses that I definitely can pinpoint was abuse of shame and fear. Yeah.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and, um, pops. I know, man. You want to dive in, man. But Nashville, man. When we talk about abuse, it comes oftentimes with shame, and mm-hmm. it comes oftentimes with fear,
1: um, depending on the abuses that you may have experienced. Pops, so, man. yeah, you were saying that uh, some of the abuses started like before you were diagnosed. You was already like some of that stuff was already had been the seed had been planted. So, what can you say that attributed? The seed being planted of fear and doubt before you were even diagnosed, like you said. So when you got diagnosed, that just exploded everything. So what caused that fear and that doubt to be there as a young black man?
2: Hmm. So as a young black man, black men not bent. Hmm. Period. Point, point. Um, growing up, um, I think me and Johnson probably had a close to the same upbringing. Um, <laughs> growing up in, and no offense to um, I can't speak anybody household, but I know in the household I grew up. What your mom says, what your father says is what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, pinpoint, point period. Yeah. And then let's even go, let's even get a little bit more into the gravy and the sauce. Mm-hmm. A child who's coming up to his mom at age 10, age nine, saying that he may have be gay, or people coming to their mom, coming to his mom, saying your child has feminine like tendencies, or even, forgive me if I my language, but even the uncles and, and cousins, male from the family, saying, hey, 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 Chris, so you can check out your son. He yeah. got a little 65 tendencies and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then your mom giving you that at a young age, those well, don't hold your hand like this, but don't do this. Or even if you do have those those, those affections or those fears or those tendencies, and you want to talk about them to your mom or to somebody in your family, but the first thing they give you is the Bible, the first thing they give you is heaven and hell, in the in the brick and mortar talk, yeah, that that's fear that's been cultivated in a child. And that fear, that child, that that child, they may not grow up to be gay. They may not, they may not grow up to do this and do that. They may not grow up to have HIV and AIDS. But in somewhere in that child's life, they're gonna grow up somewhere and they're gonna have fear in somewhere in their life because you planted that seed at a young, at a young age. And then um, even the more of shame and stuff like that of growing up in um i grew up and just being transparent i grew up in a single parent home yes my mom did great Yes, my mom made sure i had it all but growing up um when my mom got divorced she did go through a period of going through some financial troubles so the shame of um losing the house that we you know shame of things being repossessed and stuff or the shame of of, of us not having the best christmas and things like that so those shames you don't heal from things you don't what one thing we don't realize we don't heal from things. we just move forward to things. We, we we suppress things yeah. and 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 yeah yeah we suppressed things so those very things that were planted yes I, yes I know how HIV at age 17 and I am now in high school and I'm now in a different place I'm doing great things and I suppressed all those things I pushed all those I pushed all those traumas from childhood away, but they're still there and the minute something comes, the minute that trigger comes, the minute something comes to blow you away to blow you away in life, those very those very seeds that were planted young at a young age, they come back to hunt you then and there.
1: Wow, man. And then it's
2: not. And then it's not until. And I hope I'm not getting ahead. But it's not until you vent. It's not until you go seek therapy. It's not until you go seek the therapist that you're sitting and bawling your eyes out and telling 15 years of history of life because you have, you've never dealt with it.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know that that is big. And I hope yeah. if there is a young listener out there right now, even an older listener that, that hears this 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 uh, episode, I hope they take this into consideration that you need to talk, man. You have to talk, man. You know, I I say this all the time, man. I attribute it to being married to my wife, but my wife demands communication. But that communication that that she demanded from me, it helped to make springboard me into different areas in my life that I didn't even know that, I, I knew they was there, but when i start talking about it then it just started blossoming into other things you know so other positive areas man so like you said you never know if you don't never talk about because see just because a person has feminine tendencies and feminine ways, like you said, that does not mean this person is going to be uh, a gay or bisexual, I mean, say, a homosexual, whatever the case may be, because that could be a metrosexual person. You know what I'm saying? You just never know, man. So that that, that does not say, that does not, uh, don't we? I'll tell you what, here's the, here's the thing we assume, and everybody knows what the acronym for assumptions are. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's what happens, man. Mm-hmm. Man, Nick, man,
0: again, man, uh, uh just thank you for coming on, man, and, and just thank you for sharing it, because um what you're doing, believe it or not, man, you're inspiring somebody that may not have that diagnosis, man, but may have had similar to the same levels, if you will, mm-hmm. of that type of abuse, man. Black men have been raped. Black mm-hmm. men have been robbed. Black mm-hmm. men have been uh, 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 wrongfully accused, mm-hmm. black men have been trialed you know, in wrong in different trials. And so, so what you're doing right now, man, is 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 is, is so so vital to our uh, uh, platform because yes. we want these type of stories, man. So so that it shows other black men you can talk about anything. Yeah, man. You can yes, talk yes. Yeah. Because one thing that you mentioned, those traumas, those abuses, those things, those experiences, that one trigger, Nick. It comes from anywhere, right? That trigger, man, yeah. and, I, and that brings me to my question. Nick, when you get these triggers, when you get these alarms, when you get these things that kind of seemingly set you back almost, what keeps you standing firm? Mm-hmm. What keeps you grounded?
2: You have to find yourself. You have to truly find yourself and find who you are with the inside. Um, like I, was, like I said earlier, I, um, I was um, talking about me and Jonathan. I said to, church, to our tribute to your father, I said many times you can see um, at a young age what's been invested, what's been pushed inside of somebody. So um, I would say my belief in God for sure, that's definitely been um, put inside of me. But also, again, like I said earlier, sitting down with yourself, going to therapy, figuring out what's really going on with you. And that's how you can truly, um, please give me, I have like a little brain fart. <laughs> but that's how you can truly um, know how you can how you can um, how you can come out of those um, trigger moments? How you can come out of those low moments? We all have them. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. That's why that's why I started going to therapy myself. Because there were some days when I just couldn't do it. But I was just like, I just can't do it today. Mm-hmm. And honestly speaking, when I thought I healed from 2014, when I thought I healed from 2010, when I thought I healed from a relationship I had two years ago, mm-hmm. I really didn't. I just mastered healing. I just I just got to a better place. But you got to daily work on that. You got to have a, da- a daily discipline. One thing we don't realize social ma- social media and TV and all that that mm-hmm. has really messed us up. It has us thinking that people have sunny days every day. And uh-huh. what we don't realize is that picture you yeah. see, that award you see, that degree you see, that trip you see—that's one day out of 365. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so one thing, and that and that comes back to focusing on you, looking at you, putting that mirror in front of your face. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. It's going to stink. It's going to be it's going to be rough. But afterwards. You will, you will see a whole different version of yourself as well as how you outlook at everything else.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
2: yeah, so, yeah.
1: Hey, man, mm-hmm. so let me ask you this. And, you know, you said you was having, um uh like, feminine tendencies at a young age. So did you have to ever deal with this? And I, and if you did, if you don't mind, talk about it a little bit, because this is one of the seasons that we're going to try to plan to do in 2022, and that's bullying. Did you ever deal with any bullying?
2: oh
1: uh yes sir i definitely did
2: i definitely did i dealt with bullying um yeah i'm sure jonathan probably was not any part not saying he bullied no, jonathan was no, no. Uh, he too he too um we just ain't. Like, we're we too skinny for that um, <laughs> <laughs> he's he not, he not bigger than me yeah. nah, but um but nah I, uh, yeah i dealt with it um and um i'm going spiritual on this route but i feel like it was all god um driven it was all god driven because one thing I realized you can't deal with people talking about you on a daily basis. You can't you you won't be nobody's boss, you can't be nobody's manager, you can't be anybody's politician, nobody's pastor, nobody's governor. Yes. You can't do anything. Um yeah. people um my, my my job that I recently um that I was at for over almost two years. I worked for, I was an executive assistant for trustee Erica Gilmore. And um she had we had we had uh, for her office of twenty-five employees, not only that, she serves the the thousand millions of um, citizens of Nashville and David County. Right. And once a day, somebody called and said something bad about her, whether it was with the job she was doing, they weren't gonna vote for her. Um, and then that's just voters. People, yeah. Then you got people talking about talking about it on the outside, and, I, and I'm sure she's okay with this. She don't. I'm not giving any information. But then you got people talking about it on the outside. You got people criticizing. You got you, you got you on the news. And then yeah. oh, that's all that's all outside stuff. Then you got to do it with your family and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So with all that being said, and me me having the attributes of having my own business now, and wanted to go into politics and maybe even pastor my own church one day and stuff of that nature. All that bullying and stuff of that nature, not to discard it because, some, because bullying is real. People commit suicide on bullying. People, people go down on bullying. There are many times that I did not want to go back to school. There were many times that I did not want to face my friends and stuff like that because of shame, because of the anxiety that I, deal, that I did deal with, which, which did lead to trauma in my later years that I'm still recovering from but in those moments i'm thankful for it like we look like look back and you know it's all through it all like i can look back at that and say thank you for that bullying because it definitely got me for where i am right now so when you talk about me okay no thank you i've been through (laughs) i've been called worse you know (laughs) so yes sir i did deal with bullying um and but i finally um in that moment i did not understand it. in that moment i hated it in that moment it was very um ridiculing and discomforting for me but i definitely overcame it and i'm and i realize why now like I, i'm truly thankful for it now yeah. yeah. i love it man i love it man yeah. nashville we want to yeah. thank
0: you guys again man for joining yeah. us as always being the black man been to podcast good morning to you guys we're gonna take a segment break mm-hmm. allow nick man to get him some water in a man and we're gonna come right back into the content for today's episode nashville have you heard of black man Vent today good morning you guys we just want to thank you again for joining the black man vent to podcast good morning nashville again have you heard a black man vent today we're going to take this time to honestly stay in with what we've been talking about within the episode and with what nick has discussed with us and bring to you guys a segment break um, that we've normally done or that we've done in previous episodes being the Black Man Vent to Health Tip for today, Nashville. Today's segment will be the Black Man Vent to Health Tip for today, and ironically, we are going to talk about HIV and AIDS, Nashville. And I want to make sure that I uh, show credit to the website that I'm reading from, being the JalidHIV.com website, and just going to read off a couple of facts and statistics about HIV and AIDS. As we get back into the episode for today and um, what we're seeing uh, with this HIV and AIDS um, thing is that in 2019, there were approximately 1.2 million people living with HIV in the United States. 1.2 million Nashville. Another fact that this website gives us is in 2019. There were 34,800 new infections in the U.S., which represented an 8% decrease since 2015. In 2019, an estimated one in eight people living with HIV in the U.S. did not even know they had it. Another fact that they give us uh, is in 2019, about 66% of people living with HIV received some HIV care. 50% were retained in care, and 56% 56 were virally suppressed. And I just want to bring up one more uh, statistic from the, uh, again, the JaleedHIV.com website. In 2016, an estimated 1.1 million people in the United States were eligible for PrEP medicine based on their risk factors, but only 78,360 of those people filed the prescriptions. Nashville, these are just some small facts getting into HIV, the HIV and AIDS infection, but one thing that I do want to push hard is sex education, Uh, not only just in our culture, but just in all cultures, black, white, blue, or purple. Uh, Nashville, I think is very important that we exercise sex education and learn about these different infections and things that can go on from having unprotected sex. And um, these are just the things that should be more discussed um, in our generation today because let's just be honest, our generation is, is having sex. <laughs> uh, we, we're having babies and we're making these strides to have families, but the biggest, biggest thing that we need to make sure that we're educating is, is, is ourselves about our parts, educate, educating ourselves about the infections and just learning more about how to have safe sex. Nashville, this again has been the black men been to health tip for today on HIV and AIDS. Let's get back into the content. And just like that, Nashville, just like that, we are back, we are back. Thank you guys for tuning in. Monday morning, Nashville, the Black Man Vent 2 Podcast. Good morning, Nashville. Have you heard a Black Man Vent today, man? We're back after our segment break, man. Uh, Nicholas Calvin, man, has given us one hell of a, a, a start, man, with this uh, ending our abuse season. Yeah. And uh, we just wanna, man, keep talking with them, Nashville, man. Let's looking, or looking more into, rather, some solutions, Nashville, mm-hmm. some solutions for this thing that we call abuse in our black community. And Pops, man, I'll let you kind of dive in maybe to kind of uh, lead the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can find out some solutions, Nashville, for us as black men and just the culture that we're in.
1: Pop- yeah, I was sharing with my son, uh, Nick, man, that uh, that uh, it's a small world, man. And this is how I know that, like you said, God is in control. You know, sometimes people don't want to talk about that, but at the end of the day, God is in control. Whatever your belief system is, a higher power. Yes, sir. I believe in God. I believe in the God. Yes, father son the holy spirit so i know god is in control so with that being said uh i was sharing my son that you said you work for brenda gilmore and erica gilmore and uh yes sir gilmore i used to play softball at hadley park and brenda gilmore's husband used to be the only guy in our softball league
2: oh mr harry yes yeah. yes yes
1: hey, that's a that's a wild brother man he don't play though <laughs>
2: No, I've, I've heard I've heard a lot of stories about him coaching basketball, football, and all that. They say they say he wouldn't. He was yeah. He was he was scary back in the day.
1: Don't play, man. You don't <laughs> play. But what I what I want to uh, what I want to dive into from that is that when you play on a team, man, one player is not the team. So how important is it to have support going through what you've gone through in your life as far as abuse is concerned? that's funny you said that because um i was when you
2: said solutions earlier the first thing i was going to say you have to have a support system you have to have people that that you have to have people that's going through if it's not just if you want to look through the look at like go down the, the list if, you, if, you, if you're doing the 12 steps, if you're doing the 12 steps program, you gotta have a support system. Mm-hmm. If, you're a, if, you're, if you're on, if you if you on, you a drug addict, you gotta have a support system. If, you, if you're, if you're coming off a big surgery, you gotta have a support system to get you back rehabilitated. Wow. So whatever you're doing in life, whatever, whatever you're doing, if you're a black man trying to make it through these times, trying to make it through COVID, trying to make it through times of anti-racial violence and stuff, racial violence and stuff of that nature, you have to have a support system. Yeah. And sometimes your support system may be a female. Sometimes it may not always be males. That's the thing. We uh, we have this whole macho man mentality, this whole you have to be a certain type of fixed up and you have to be this and cut cut this way and cut that way when there are many different facets like your father. Thank you, Mr. Davis, for saying it earlier. There are many different facets of a man. So your circle may not look like somebody else's. Your circle may not be the basketball team. Your circle may not be the football team. Your circle may not be the fraternity brothers. But if you can find people who support you, people who find... What you're doing, and find that, hey, bro, what you're going through right now? I can help you out. The child support issue you're going through right now, I've been through that. I've had, I had the crazy baby mama. I can help you figure it out. The wow. issue right now, you're trying to you're trying to get to get your business off the ground. I can help you figure that out. You are trying to get your credit straight so you can so you can do this do that. I can help you out. But it starts with you opening up your mouth to somebody who you trust, and then find that support system. So, a lot of times through abuse. And I know we're talking about the solution right now, but because of abuse, we don't open up our mouth. We don't, we don't, we don't advocate and seek for the support system. Mm-hmm. But for anybody who may watch this, that may, that's definitely one of the first solutions you can have is find support, find somebody you can talk to. May not be a whole team, but it may be one or two people you can just vent to, confound it, and just, hey, hey, Today ain't the day, today just ain't what it is. And one thing that you have to realize, you have to come out of you. You have to let go of that ego, that false perception. That ego based on, I'm a man, I can't cry. That ego based on, well, I gotta just tough it out. I just gotta go through it. I gotta take care of the family. I gotta. I gotta push through it. Well, in today's time, that ego will put you in a casket. In <laughs> today's time, the ego, mm-hmm. that ego, will put you behind some jail bars. So mm-hmm. what do you have to do? You, know, you have to actually seek out and advocate for yourself, support system, people in your corner who have always been there that you yep. never realized that can help you out. Hey
0: man, that, man, yeah. that's that's good stuff right there, yes. man. Because when you yes. talk about being egotistical, um, pride, you know, that was the word that kind of kind of got thrown in my face, man. Black men can be prideful. We can be real prideful, man. We don't want nobody to see the skeletons in the closet. We don't want nobody to, to you know, to, to unveil us, you know, to, to, to where we are, our natural self. You know, our authentic self. We always want to be clothed and this, that, and the third. And that brings me to my point. When you talk about support, I think you cannot have support without trusting that support system. Um, I think trust, man, is so big when you're talking about going through abuses, going through traumas and experiences, man, and having that trust. So Nick, let me ask you this. Um, growing up, who, male or female, who were the ones that you looked up to, that were your role models, your mentors, those uh, male and female, those guys, who were they as to being your support system that you trusted going through your abuse experience? Hmm. Hmm.
2: So, of course, as we know, like, the um, experience that I had with HIV and stuff like that, that was something at that time that I um, could not just be so open about. So I had to find people that I just knew, that I just knew. Yeah. Um, so of course, like I have my mom, of course, like I have my God, mom and stuff like that. But looking out, cause those are people at home, those people who see me every day, those people who they're not, they're not going to go to school with me. They're not going to be on the bus. They're not going to be downtown and where I'm around friends and stuff like that. So I have to seek out somebody like your father said that I can actually trust. Yeah. it's like, oh, how do I do that? And this may be for somebody else who you're in something right now that is embarrassing it's stinky it's disgusting you don't people know about it you don't people get in your business your finances your your family life but you gotta find somebody you can trust so who did I find I found Christy Lyons Jonathan um and that's the person yeah yeah and that's the person who I told wow yeah that's the person who I told and um she was our leadership teacher Mm -hmm. but um and Jonathan could attest to that something about that lady she's still living I'm not she's still living but something about that lady she actually truly cared about us she truly cared she truly what she taught she actually invested in us and so from there from her from her um so from her showing me that in previous years of her being my teacher mm-hmm. she showed me that in that moment i could trust her i could talk to her and yeah. um, from there and and and, she, and, and, I, and my trust instincts were truly right because she never she never um she never added me she never she never told did jonathan did she ever treat me in any way to make you think uh, yeah. so uh, so in the in the whole time she actually knew to the point where um and um, just giving you, yeah, going to, just to the point where um, some people, some people from the health department came to East, frequently yeah. about my diagnosis. Wow. And this lines came down the stairs, like, what the, no, no, what are you yeah. doing? Like, this is a whole, this is a minor. You can't come to school and stuff like that, embarrassing. No. Stuff. But yeah, so to the point where, so you got to find out. And I said something earlier. I said, I'll repeat again, because God told me to. Sometimes we don't realize the very help we need and the very people we can trust in are already right there. We just don't. We just don't see it. We Why just don't see it. Like I like I said again, we have the pre messed up conceptions and where our ego and stuff like that that. that our, our help has to be this man figure. Our help has to be this this this, this team or my help has to be this voice. But your, your help can be the woman at your church. They, they, they just be like, hey, baby, everything going all right with you? Your help can yeah. be yeah. the um, the, po- the postman who walk by every day just saying, how you doing? Is there, everything yeah. all right? You, you never know who your help can truly be. The help can be that person who works in your job who is not the looks that looks like you. Yeah. So yeah, yeah finding yeah. that trust and just asking God to, to lead you and direct you to that trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So true. Mm-hmm. So true, man. Mm-hmm. So when you saying you know asking God and depending on God for that type of uh, discernment and that type of help, how can you? How important was your spiritual walk as you were dealing with your abuse situation? And how important is your spiritual walk right now as you sustain a successful life while you still moving through life? You know, and dealing with ups and downs. But how is your spiritual life as far as in your spiritual walk? How important is that?
2: So I would say simply as this: my spiritual walk was trained. I was I was definitely in it. I definitely believed in God. as I was preaching and doing all kinds of things. Um, I was definitely involved in my church. Again, shout out to my pastor, Bishop Maynard, that Cathedral of Praise. I was definitely involved with what I was doing in my church and all that. And again, I was president of FCA um, Fellowship of Christian Athletes at East from tenth grade. Um, to graduation so if you if you if you had the, the model child I was it I knew the word I knew I knew the scriptures I knew what to do knew how to dress and stuff like that mm-hmm. but I didn't have the spirit I didn't actually have the spiritual mm-hmm. the spiritual part mm-hmm. down pat mm-hmm. and then obviously show when I went to college it obviously show when I went through other things in life that actually tried tried out my true spirituality yeah. so then I had it it was invested in me I thank God for what I have but now where I am now I know him for myself i know that sounds churchy as it is but mm-hmm. i truly know him for myself i've been through things to know him for myself that when i truly say god will bring you out and god's way making yes, god's deliverer yes, um he's he's actually done it for me yes, and i said something i said something to my one of my best, my best friends a week ago and it truly and it it, it really took me uh, forward after i said it and it still really sticks out to me i said in this day in town no matter what you're doing even if you're going online trying to sell sell products or something like that in 2022 People are only going to follow you if they see that you've done it. If they see, if they see that you accomplished it, people want real in 2022. Yeah. yeah, it's so many fake things. You can get, you can get fake clothes, fake. you can, yeah. you can do everything fake. Virtual yeah. reality is coming up. Virtual reality is gonna make everything fake for us in a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. In 2022, people are looking for true testament people who've been through things, people who are going somewhere. Yeah. And that's that's what will actually help them out. That's what they will actually be able to um, accomplish. I don't know, that kind of took me off, so i um oh, trying to bring that on so, that course.
1: That's it. no, you know, <laughs> know, and that's one thing, you know, we used to say old school, man, is keep it real, keep it real. Yeah. Man. And I remember, man, as I was growing up, a, a young man, and, and, I, and I went to TSU also, man, I graduated from TSU. And during those years, sure. man, during those young years, man, I prided myself. I don't. I don't like to use that word, prided, but I. 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 I gave myself the credit on being able. To always be real, no matter what conversation I was in, man. I try not to never be fake, man. So if if anybody can remember anything about me, man, I want to make it known that I was real, man. So I think what you're saying is has so much relevance to it right now, man, because I think that's the reason, uh, like you said, podcasts take off, that's reason ministries take off, because they trust the people and the people are real. That has hurt us so much time, so many times in the past. That has hurt us times in the past, where we and I'm gonna use the church sector as, as part of my example, well, where we were in church and people were saying they was this and they was that, but then we found out they were not this and they were not that. And not long, and so that, that tainted the walk that, that tainted our picture of Christ. But you just said it though, what you said is so true. But when I found him for myself, all of that didn't matter. So I think it's so good that you said that because that's what people have to do when they're going through situations. If you truly believe in God, then find your one-on-one relationship, and know this: God cares for you, whoever you are, and whomever is listening to this individually. He cares for you. If you were the only person out there that had sin, He would have still went to the cross. He would have yes. Sin. Nick, man, as we as we
0: wrap up, I did want to give you one more question, man. When we talk about our generation, you know, just 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 people around our age and we talk about spirituality. Um, a lot of us, you know, in our generation, we run, run, run to social media. We'll run to, mm-hmm. uh, what's that page? The spiritual word page and look for different, yeah. look cliche <laughs> stuff. Yeah, sp- yeah, We'll run to uh, Justin LaBoye, his page, and and try to, mm-hmm. kind of, just some just different things that, that detaches us from spirituality. And my question mm-hmm. is, what is it about our generation that doesn't make spirituality popular if that makes sense because it's more popular to voice on social media I'm hurt I, I, I went through this I have went through that it's more popular to sit on your phone and record yourself crying just to get the views on Facebook live or the views on Instagram live so my question is why is spirituality not as popular and as pushed in our generation as something like social media
2: Hmm. Because spirituality is the healing portion of it all. Um, the social media the yeah. social media is where oh, yeah. the social media is where the social media is where the trauma is where the trauma is where the drama put two words together. Yeah. The social media is where the trauma and the drama and the conflict all thrive off. You get on Facebook right now, somebody's gonna be dead. And yeah. no offense to anybody who's yeah. passed away, but yeah, get nah. on Facebook right now, you're gonna find a beach word. Get yeah. on Facebook right now, you're gonna see who who died in Nashville this past weekend. Get yeah. on Facebook right now, you're gonna see the ne- the, the next COVID variant. Get on Facebook right now, yeah. you're gonna see somebody crying. Get on Facebook right now, you may you may see a fight. Get on Facebook, you may see an argument at Burger King. That's right. You're gonna see that's all right. kinds yeah. of stuff. Yeah, and in that. all of that, and yeah. in all of that, you may see somebody getting having a baby. And all that you may see somebody graduate from college. Mm-hmm. But I promise you, I promise you're gonna see ten more things better than the good. Better that's than true, the good. <laughs> so we kind of look at we don't so you're not gonna find it on there. And also we we have reality TV and all that. I believe and this is no this to anybody who's watching, no, no offense to you, but I believe all that's trash. All that's mm. to get your mind off of working on you for seeing oh, yeah. the person within yourself. Oh, yeah. Because what do you do when you get on social media, when you watch, when you watch um, when you watch the latest shows and stuff like that, it prompts you to wanna be like somebody else who you aren't already.
0: That's so true. That's Man. so true.
2: It prompts you, it prompts you to search for something else that's already not inside of you. Because what I said at the beginning, God lives within us. We are, we are God, we are God's manifested purpose on earth. So why are you trying to search for something that's outside of you? When you say, God, give me your revelation, God, give me what you want, God, give yeah. me more of you. Yeah, and yeah. that's um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's Jonathan and Mr. Davis, I feel like that's what's kind of um, taking our generation away from the focus, mm-hmm. um, and thank God for some, for for young men like me and Jonathan who have the gift, who 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 yeah. have the driven, who who know who knows that what's on the tv or what's on the phone is not what's it who knows that behind who knows that 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 what that there is always something going on behind closed doors who knows that so it folks helps us to what focus on what we're doing to focus on ourselves, focus on what we can do for ourselves so we can be the difference so we can make the difference so difference, so we can make the change and things of that nature so and um and i'm sure that um speaking for myself my my nonprofit that i do In the beginning, it was only a vision. And there was many things that pushed me to not want to do. In the beginning, me having HIV five, five, six, seven years ago, I didn't want to have it. But it was something in me that pushed me to still go through with it. Even now, I'm doing a, Jonathan said earlier, I'm doing a um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning live talk show that God, God, again, God told me to do it. And even though I don't understand it, I'm still doing it. But everything that I've done, every single thing that I've done, it's pushed me to be on a deeper level with God and it was a blessing Um, even with HIV and I'll um, close out with this with the whole shame of having HIV one of the biggest places that I had the shame was was where? was church the place where I felt I belonged the most the place where I spent the most time and the most the place where I felt like I I knew myself the most, yeah, was, was the place I felt the most ashamed. Yeah, but what, when I was able to get over that egotism we talked about earlier, when I was able to vent, when I was able to be, when I was able to talk to people, to be trusted, to be trustful with people, when I was able to sit down with my pastor's daughter, and sit down with my pastor and talk to them about what happened. What happened then? My pastor took an HIV test in the, on the pulpit in front of the entire congregation. My pastor donated money to my nonprofit. My pastor's done, like, so. so many things opened up. When in the beginning, I would have never dreamed it could happen. In the beginning, I would never dream that I could be accepted. In the beginning, that shame and fear that I had in October 2013 that yeah. set on me, I never believed that it could happen. But when I finally stepped out and like we talked earlier about being open, about being transparent, about talking, about venting and stuff like that, that's when the change came. And that's how they were over to over, over overcome the abuse and shame and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, praise God for that, man, praise great, God man. Hey, one more, that's man, great. about another 30 seconds, another 30 seconds <laughs> second to a minute. So you're fine. I'm gonna throw this one out there. So all of that you just said is so good, but if all of that doesn't work and you are presented, a person that's dealing with abuse is presented with going to a counselor, how important is it to go to counseling?
2: So I'll be transparent. I go, I see a counselor once a week. Um, Um, before before so I've been I've been in therapy for three years now and at first I was seeing somebody every two weeks and it was going all right um um, and she was she was great she was good but um the person I've been seeing since and at first we're just giving a little bit um, more emphasis and this is not to any color but the first lady I was seeing was Caucasian Mm -hmm. and I was like okay I feel like I need somebody who knows me a little bit more so you've seen a Caucasian therapist by all means keep going to her do your thing it work for you but for black people I feel like we need a little bit more Mm -hmm. um come on cater toward yeah. ourselves yeah. so yeah. i so i actually um so i actually sought out this and i actually just got on facebook like i'm gonna look, I'm gonna look somebody up so i found a doctor in um in Brentwood african-american doctor African-American, african-american couple and i started with her in um in september and we we, we, we see each other once a week and yeah, yeah. i'll just say this it's been life-changing like Good that's awesome yeah it's, it's amazing so please 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 don't don't let stigma don't let stereotypes don't let people talk about you crazy or you got this crap. people people right. are crazy everybody got some type of issue that's you like, go to somebody's bloodline you're gonna find you're gonna find an easy on somebody's family so right. with that being said <laughs> <so, laughs> easy like so or uh, pookie whatever you want to say yeah yeah so, um, yeah so so with that being said do it for you. Let go of that eco. Let go, let go of that, that that mystified persona you have yourself and figure out for you what you can do best for you. And I promise you that it'll help out somebody else. For sure.
0: That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. Nashville, yeah. man. We want to thank you guys, uh, man. This has been you. such a great episode. It's thank you guys yeah. for uh tuning in, man. If you missed it, I hate it for you, but good thing we got to record it because you can always play it back. So, yeah. Just want to thank you guys again, Nashville. This has been the Body Mass Index of Abuse mm-hmm. in a Black Man with our special guest Nicholas Calvin. And yes. as we always do, Nick, we want to give you. The opportunity to give Nashville, give the black man that's listening, anybody that is listening, give someone just the advice. Give somebody, give a black man, because this is what we're talking about. This is mm-hmm. what we're here for. Give that black man some bit of motivation. Somebody may be listening. To this may be sad. Maybe going through uh, depression. Maybe mm-hmm. going through abuse. Mm-hmm. We talked about what grief. Maybe mm-hmm. going through grief. Mm-hmm. Maybe going, mm-hmm. may going through marriage issues. Mm-hmm. Just being a black man mm-hmm. in this world we live in. Give that Black man just one lasting thing, man, that he needs to hear, man, before we before we get off the air today. Mm-hmm.
2: I love quotes, and one quote that has been stuck to me for this past month is, failure is only a bruise, it's not a tattoo. Failure is just a bruise, wow. it's not a tattoo. I like that. And so many times we put failure okay. as an end point. We put failure, then period. We put failure, the end. Failure, whatever. Okay. But failure is only a bruise. It's not your tattoo. It's not your permanent. So get up, keep going, and
0: heal from it. I like it I love it. Yeah. I, like
1: I love it. it. I love I it, man. I'm about to steal that one, man.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, love I love it. it. Oh, take it, take
1: it, take it. <laughs> <laughs> Nashville again,
0: man. Thank you guys so much for tuning yeah. in. Please like, please share this please. episode. Uh, to any and everybody, man, that's, that's a willing listening ear, make sure to tune in with us, Nashville. We will put Nick's uh, social media tags. We will put all of the things that he's involved in yeah. in our episode presentation on uh, today,
1: on this morning. So make sure you guys check that out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, Pops, we close out. Hey, like we always say, Nashville, we want to thank Nicholas for being Transparent for, yes. for giving us his story yes. and for uh, talking to us while he was on his job. Yeah, he, he found a way. He found a way to get a conversation in that is very important to our community. while yeah. he was at work? Yeah. So he's uh, he he does dual things. We see he got it like that. Yeah, and we appreciate him. We <laughs> we appreciate him for doing that also. So at Nashville, as we always say, and next next week we will next week we will be on a new season. So tune in with us for our new season. But as of right now, until we meet again, black man, next week, next week, next next week, There's until it. we meet again, yep. it's a wrap.
0: Yep. Black man, don't get trapped. That's it, Nashville, and as I always close out, it is what it is, it ain't what it ain't. You can do what you can, and you can't do what you can't. This has been another episode of the Black Man Ventu Podcast. Good morning.